and welcome to Pass the Hot Sauce, a Roswell podcast. I'm Lorena Rose. I'm Lisa Abigail. And I'm Aliza Ora. On today's minisode, we will be talking about the Ashtar Command. Ashtar Command grew out of the ideas of George Van Tassel, who had many communications with extraterrestrial beings who imparted information to him regarding the union of science and spirituality, something we've heard about from a few of our other UFO religions as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. But he had his own ideas. So Van Tassel, who was known to friends as Van, which is what I'm going to call him, my buddy Van, was an American (laughs) flight safety inspector who worked for Howard Hughes and for Lockheed's Skunk Works, which we mentioned in our Area 51 minisode. That's where they did all of their early aviation stuff um, and still do research and development type activities there today. But our story begins in 1942, not with George Van Tassel, but with a German immigrant named Frank Kreitzer, who lived under a rock. And I mean that literally. Oh, oh. (laughs) Like Patrick. Patrick Starr, SpongeBob's best friend and neighbor. He lives under a rock. (laughs) So, yes, just like that, (laughs) he was also a a starfish. Is that what he is? A sea star? What are they called now? Great. So the sea star, Frank Kreitzer, um, had actually crossed paths with Van Tassel. They met by chance and became friends. And so Van would go out and visit Kreitzer in his home, which, as I said, was underground beneath Giant Rock, which is near Landers, California. And as you may have guessed, is a giant rock. It is about seven stories tall. Whoa. Ooh, that's, that is a giant rock. Mm-hmm. Sounds more like a hill. <laughs> no, I'll put up pictures <laughs> of it. It is, a, it is like a freaking boulder. It's like just a huge like one. Yeah, yeah wow. like sitting on the desert floor. Just this giant rock. It's very aptly named. All right. I want to see that. Yeah. So Kreitzer was a German immigrant. He was a bit of an eccentric. He was known to store dynamite in his house, which he used for prospecting or mining. And he had set up a radio antenna on nearby rock. And if you'll recall, this is 1942. So we're in the midst of World War II. And a heavily armed German with radio equipment tends to raise some suspicions. Oh, I can't imagine why. Yeah. So on July 25th, 1942, local sheriff's deputies went to Kreitzer's home seeking information on a recent string of thefts of mining equipment, gasoline, and dynamite from nearby towns. But it was generally Mm. understood that it was because people had tipped them off that he might be a German spy. So it's not clear exactly what happened when the deputies were there. There are several different versions of the events. According to Van, his friend recognized that the deputies didn't have the authority to come into his home the burrow under the rock so he barricaded himself in a back room and the deputies tried to smoke him out by throwing in tear gas but unfortunately when tear gas meets dynamite (gasps) the dynamite goes kaboom and Kreitzer was killed immediately and the deputies were injured some of them seriously wow I did not know that yeah so maybe like don't keep open boxes of dynamite in your kitchen is one of the lessons here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, maybe don't keep open boxes of dynamite anywhere. But yeah. like also xenophobia is bad would be another lesson. Yeah, totally. So yes, this was a very tragic death. And after this, Van continued to visit Giant Rock. Kreitzer had been squatting on the land, which was owned by the government. But Van eventually petitioned the Bureau of Land Management to lease him the land. And he and his family moved there in 1947. Kreitzer had set up this little airstrip and Van and his family made it into a 
it's a small airport, and they opened a cafe called Come On In. In with two ends. Oh, how cute! Oh, that is cute. Very welcoming. Yeah, adorable. Apparently, his wife made great apple pie. Ooh, yum! But more importantly, for this story, Van also started hosting (laughs) weekly meditation sessions in the underground quarters where Kreitzer used to live and where he met his demise. So I don't know. I guess it like didn't cave in fully, or he rebuilt them. I was unclear on how that worked. That was my thought. With, like, a big explosion under a rock, you would think it would be, like, no longer habitable. You would think. I don't know how this worked. I hope they at least moved the dynamite out of there. Yeah. Yes, please. And so in January 1952, during one of these sessions, Van received his first telepathic communication from an extraterrestrial being. What drugs was he on? Great question. (laughs) Who knows? I mean, it's Southern California in the 50s, so... mm. (laughs) Van insisted that this wasn't some kind of channeling, which we talked about in our episode on Unarius, and which had been popular with spiritualists who got in touch with ghosts or spirits from the beyond. He insisted this wasn't a mystical or metaphysical connection. It was a technological one. He was receiving these transmissions from advanced extraterrestrial devices. Okay. So he claimed that ESP is a perfectly normal human ability. He had just honed his through meditation and he could teach this to others. Ooh, I want to learn. I know. Same. Yeah, I don't know if he ever published a guide on it. Um, I mean, he's, of course, died by now, so maybe you can try to get in touch with him from the beyond, and then he can teach you how to get in touch with aliens. Mm. Um, Van, if you are out there, I (laughs) am listening. I would like you to get in contact with me, please, and teach me ESP. Thank you. I mean, hopefully he's figured out how to use podcasts. If he could figure out alien technology, this should be a a breeze for him. Oh, yeah. Totally. The alien who first contacted Van was a Venusian named Lutbun, who identified himself as Senior in Command First Wave Planet Patrol Rems of Cher, or Share, not Share like the singer, unfortunately. <laughs> Although, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, for sure. And throughout 1952, Van received many such communications from a variety of beings with names like Totalman, Latimarks, and Karul. There are more than two dozen different beings who contacted him just in the first half of the year. Wow. From Venus or from... Yes. I believe they were all from Venus. Specifically from Venus. Yeah. Okay. Uh, finally, in July of 1952, Van heard from their chief, Ashtar, a representative of the Council of Seven Lights, and Ashtar warned Van about the dangers of the hydrogen bomb, which at that point was in development but hadn't yet been exploded. Whoa. Ashtar asked him to, devel- to deliver the Council's message to the people of Shan, which you may know as... Earth. Got uh-huh. it. I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. And Ashtar informed Van that we were headed down the path of Lucifer, not Satan, but another planet in our solar system that had destroyed itself by similar means. Okay. Hmm. Another planet in our solar system that we don't <laughs> know about because they destroyed themselves yeah. with hydrogen bombs. Yes. So just so we're all clearer on world universe history here. So Van tried his darndest to deliver the message to the government, but they were oddly unreceptive. Weird. Can't imagine why. I know. And Ashtar had warned him the world would be destroyed when the first hydrogen weapon was deployed, which, you know, didn't end up happening. And so Ashtar explained that he and his fellow beings had done some sort of alien mojo to help keep Earth in balance. So 
Thanks, Ashtar. Yeah, thank goodness. It turns out Ashtar's people are essentially these great warrior scientists. So Ashtar told Van that Earth governments are dark organizations bent on controlling humankind, while Ashtar is a liberating physical force in conflict with negative space beings who are influencing the Earth and its inhabitants. But y'all, don't worry. Ashtar is superior and they will prevail. Excellent. So, all good. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. So this view, I think a lot of the ones we've talked about so far have been a little bit more like shiny, happy people. And this is one of the more apocalyptic ones where they're like so y'all dummies are destroying the world get it together and the negative space beings are trying to assist in this destruction but Mm -hmm. ashar is doing his best to save us Mm -hmm. or they are doing their best to save us yeah there's a bunch of them out there okay so ashtar is not a singular no ashtar is is a guy but the ashtar command well okay so there's this gets complicated Ashtar has a bunch of friends, <laughs> okay. and all of them talked to George Van Tassel. And collectively, they are Ashtar Command? No, we'll get to that. Okay. This, it, this, is, this is a weird one. I mean, they're all weird ones. This is a convoluted one. Got it. <laughs> so Van published all the messages he received in 1952 in a book titled I Wrote a Flying Saucer. You can find this on the internet for free. I highly recommend it. Cool. And so I'm going to share with you the opening lines of the book. Quote, I wrote a flying saucer, exclamation point. What person would be stupid enough to make such a statement to the public? You. I believe I am the first person whose stupidity would expect anyone to believe such a statement. My moronic attempt to convince anyone is only exceeded by the saucer beings themselves. You see, I don't claim to have been aboard a flying saucer. The intelligences that operate the saucers claim I was on board. Huh? Whoa. Uh, you can't argue with that, can you? Whoa. No, because it's not him that's saying it. Right. What are you going to do? Tell Ashtar he's a liar? Okay, good luck. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the part where the religion comes in yet. So in 1953, George Van Tassel founded the Ministry of Universal Wisdom, which he described as a science philosophy organization. It was primarily interested in the UFO experience, but also devoted resources to the study of the healing arts. And I need to throw in a little note here because when I Googled Ministry of Universal Wisdom, what came up is the Congregation of Universal Wisdom, and no one should confuse these two because the Congregation of Universal Wisdom is a fake religion for people who want to get out of vaccinating their kids by citing a quote-unquote deeply held religious belief. I assume those religious beliefs are, yay, child death, go measles. Vaccinations are here to help us all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when's the last time you had polio? Exactly. <laughs> In the spring of 1953, he hosted the first annual Giant Rock Spacecraft Convention, which continued for 24 years and drew as many as 10,000 attendees at its height. Wow. 10,000 people huddled around a giant rock listening to a guy talk about aliens. Wow, that's a that's a big turnout. Right? I I think I saw pictures of these. They looked real fun. It's like proto-Burning Man, maybe? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So also in 1953, Van set aside 10 acres of land on which he would build the campus of the College of Universal Wisdom. Its centerpiece was to be the Integratron, a domed structure whose plans had been communicated to him by the aliens, who drew on principles of sacred geometry and on secret science developed by our old pal, Nikola Tesla, who all the ufologists love... Well, he was a pretty cool guy. It's not a geodesic dome, though. Not like the one that Michael was drawing. It is not a geodesic dome. It is a very special, unique, alien-designed dome. 
We'll talk about it more at mm. the end of this episode when I tell you how you can visit it. Because you can! <gasps> yeah. We're going to add it to our road trip. So the Integratron, and this is according to an application I found to the National Register of Historic Places, quote, the Integratron's primary purpose was to extend human life and to do so through electromagnetic energy. As intended, the Integratron was to be a high-voltage electrostatic generator to recharge cells and supply a broad range of frequencies. Cool. Originally referred to as the College of Universal Wisdom Research Laboratory, the Integraton received its namesake from the machine's ability to integrate electrostatic energy into the cell structure of the human body. Wow. I don't know what any of that means. Like, yeah, really me sciencey sounding mumbo jumbo, though, right? Like, aren't you impressed by how sciencey yeah. it sounds? <laughs> yes, I am. Emphasis on the sounding. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like real science to me, which I also don't understand well electrostatic so, energy is a real thing yeah. the cell structures of the human body real so like that's are yeah, you sure legit. Mm-hmm. i'm not so sure <laughs> i also I, I had seen a picture of the dome i think with someone standing in front of it who i assumed was van tassel with a sign that says the integratron a quote time machine mm-hmm. end quote for basic research on rejuvenation anti-gravity time travel yes so okay great i'm glad you brought this up because there is this conception floating out there that this is supposed to be a time machine in the sense that like i want to go to 1873 i mean i don't i don't want to do that that sounds awful but like no definitely it's not not like the hg wells type of time machine it's a time machine in like for your cells so it's a time machine in the sense that it adds years onto your life it extends you like it takes your cells backward in aging Mm, so okay. I mentioned Got to y'all, it. and I'll I'll say the name of it and everything at the end so you can find it. So I watched this documentary, and one of the, like, true believers in this thing was saying, like, you can't let anyone who's too young go in here because, like, if you have an 18-year-old who goes to the in- Integratron and, like, they go through this reversal process, they're going to come out and, like, their bones are going to be spongy human baby bones. Yeah. You can't have that. It's too much. So you got to be really they careful. have that soft spot on their head. <laughs> right. Dangerous. It's too much power. <laughs> okay. Maybe they'll, life, like, go back to being, like, a sperm and an egg or, like, a fetus. Yeah, you don't and even know. a fetus know. can't survive outside right. the womb. It's just, like, this little tadpole-looking thing just <laughs> splashing around. <laughs> Sounds disgusting, to be honest. Absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Okay, okay. so the Integratron. They started construction in 1958, and like the actual structure itself was completed in 1960. So it's this all-wood building. They didn't use any metal nails. It's all made through joinery so that there's nothing to interfere with this electrostatic magnetic mm-hmm. energy mm-hmm. field, sure. whatever. Sounds legit. Um, but... The machinery that would make the Integraton operate as it was intended to as a cell rejuvenator and life extender was never completed. Van Tassel raised money for it throughout the rest of his life, but he died suddenly in 1978, and he had left behind no written plans to realize the Integratron's full potential. Although some say there were plans, but they mysteriously, maybe sinisterly, disappeared. Did the evil aliens make it disappear so that we cannot have this technology? I believe the conspiracy theory is that the FBI was after him because they didn't want him to develop all of these technologies. And so maybe they stole the plans. Maybe they wanted them for themselves. Unclear. But I know that there was some beef between him and the FBI, at least in people's minds. I don't know if it was historically accurate. Understood. Van Tassel died of a heart attack and supposedly his epitaph read, birth through induction 
death by short circuit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very amused by this. I think it's very clever. That is funny. It's like cute. Right? Someone in his family had a sense of humor, if this is really what they put on his tombstone. I think it sounds to me like that is like a cute little funny thing. Yeah. But maybe they meant it completely seriously. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's a great point. I mean, I hope not. (laughs) It's possible. It's possible. Yeah. Okay, so throughout, before he died, obviously, throughout the 50s, 60s, and 70s, Van continued to speak and write about his contacts with extraterrestrial beings and the wisdom they imparted to him. He had found a bunch of evidence in the Bible that extraterrestrials had been visiting Earth since ancient times, and in fact had placed humans here on Earth as part of a continuing cycle of evolution and development. Wow. One of the key biblical alien figures is, of course, Jesus. Yes. Yeah, he was a more evolved extraterrestrial being born of the alien Mary. Oh, Mary was also an alien. Yes. Yeah, no wonder. They had both volunteered to come to Earth to help humankind. So Mary was placed as an alien in this human form and gave birth to Jesus, who had had his alien self put into a fetus. Unclear. The three wise men, also aliens, and the star of Bethlehem was a spaceship. Yeah. It does explain the Immaculate Conception, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, Because, like, we don't know how these aliens procreate and perhaps, you know, perhaps it's asexual or, like, a very long gestational period. So maybe when she came to Earth, she was already pregnant. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I do know for a fact that when Jesus's work was done, he was taken back up to space on a transistor beam. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah, okay. That's why sure. he disappeared from the cave, because his work was done. Yeah. Uh-huh. Boo, beam up, Scotty. He will eventually return with a fleet of spacecraft. So that's how we'll know he's back. Got it. Okay. I feel like religious people listening to this are going to hate us so much. I want to be very clear that these are not our beliefs. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. We're talking about other people's beliefs. Everyone wants to jump on the Jesus bandwagon. Like, all of the UFO yeah. religions that I found, for the most part, are all about Jesus. And also, like, yeah, we want to, like, respect people and their religions. Also, Lisa and I come from a religion that doesn't have Jesus. Yep. We just don't. Okay, so Van did personally believe in Jesus, but he said it didn't matter if... Uh, followers believed in Jesus or not, what was important was that they make evolutionary progress by connecting with the universal mind. Mm. Um, So this is essentially a form of the pantheistic notion that we've talked about. We've seen it in theosophy. A lot of the other UFO religions picked it up. And so the idea here is that there's a godlike mind force that expanded out and created everything in the universe through the power of thought. Mm. I like this idea. Like, thinking makes it so... Yeah. I'm down with that. It gives gives power to... You know, an intellectuality. Yeah, is that's that a what. Word? I, yeah, I think that's what I like about it. Is it's not just like magic zapping. It's like yeah, you have to think something in order to create it. Yeah, it's, it's cool. nice. Yeah. So in Van Tassel's view, every person has access to this universal mind, but they need to activate it in order to make evolutionary progress. And so he had tapped into the thought energy and found resonance with the creative powers of the cosmos, which is how the more evolutionarily advanced beings like Ashtar were able to communicate with him. So you may have noticed that in all this time we've been talking, the phrase Ashtar Command hasn't come up yet. Except when I've said it and you've said, not yet. (laughs) Not yet. So all of this that we've been talking about. Is that Ashtar Command? No. No. 
This was all just laying the groundwork for some serious drama. Cool. So at some point, and this was fairly early on, this was back in the 50s, one of Van Tassel's followers, Robert Short, who also inexplicably went by the name Bill Rose, told (laughs) Van that he thought his ideas could really take off. And so he encouraged Van to commercialize his teachings in order to bring them to the mainstream. And Van declined. That's not what he was interested in. He, like, these... All of these things were real and true for him, and he wasn't looking to commercialize them. He did collect money for the Integratron, but he wasn't looking to personally enrich himself. So he said, "Mm, I don't want to do that. And Short said, cool, and then formed his own group, the Ashtar Command, Mm -hmm. which used all of George Van Tassel's ideas. But also, Short and his followers... A lot of them claimed that they were receiving their own messages directly from Ashtar. Oh, so in this one, anyone can be like a prophet, right? not just the main dude. And so Van Tassel disputed this. He said he was the only one Ashtar was speaking to and the other messages were not authentic. But like, you can't prove that your imaginary friend isn't also talking to some other people, Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I was sorry. Know. Not your imaginary friend. You don't know if the space beings are like having side conversations. I think like he thought they were monogamous, and Ashtar was like, nah, bro, Polly. <laughs> so that's how I view this. I mean, there were like dozens of aliens talking to him. So I feel like he didn't get to be like, no, we were in an exclusive relationship. But yeah. Anyway. It's not fair. Um, yeah. So Ashtar Command had nothing to do with the man who inspired their teachings and introduced them to their namesake, Ashtar. This seems like a point of serious contention. Unfortunately, both Ashtar's official, I think, website and George Van Tassel's official website are no longer active. Oh. So I couldn't find anything like where Van Tassel talked about Ashtar Command, but I read things from people who knew him who were like, yeah, he was not a fan. Of Ashtar Command. Right. So... They were always, Ashtar Command was always a looser collective, and since anyone could say that they had received messages, there were a lot of competing and often contradictory prophecies and ideas floating around. They all more or less followed Van Tassel's line of thinking in the beginning, but then in the 1970s, a lady named Thelma Terrell arrived on the scene. She started going by the name Tuella, and she brought- That's pretty. Yeah. She brought a much more spiritual and religious take to the Ashtar Command. She preached a very apocalyptic worldview, and she strongly emphasized belief in Jesus as the Christ, who she said was one and the same with Ashtar. What? Oh, Oh. Jesus is Ashtar. Yeah, this is a new development. We can now believe everything that's in the Bible because Jesus is Ashtar. Okay. So yes, Jesus and Ashtar were just different incarnations of the same being. And Mm -hmm. unlike Van Tassel, who didn't mind if people's personal religious beliefs were different than his own, Tuella said, and I found this in one of her printed publications, I found this online, and here's a quote, whether or not the earth flips upon its axis, and she means this literally, will be determined by how many of mankind choose to align themselves with the Christ forces of light. If those people of the light would release the necessary stabilizing energies to help their UFO friends, it would benefit them greatly to receive that energy rather than having that energy dispersed to the dark forces. I don't understand that at all. (laughs) What I understood I didn't like. Yeah. Like everybody needs to believe what I believe. Right. And that will fix the earth like it's the same as like everyone needs to believe in jesus and be saved yeah and like so if you don't believe in jesus you're going to hell or in this case Mm -hmm. the earth will flip upside down physically flip 
or the poles will mm-hmm. reverse themselves. I don't know. Something and that the evil aliens will win. And the polar bears won't know where to live anymore. It's just like a group contingency. It's like in behaviorism or like behavior analysis, we would call that like a group contingency as mm. opposed to like each individual person could go to hell. This is like, if all of us don't do this, then all of us will be punished. Mm. Well, good news for the souls of light. Before Earth is destroyed, there was going to be a physical evacuation oh. of all of the believers via UFO. Oh, perfect. Right. So only non-believers will be fucked. Yeah. The problem with Tuella's prophecies, the only problem with Tuella's prophecies, was that she <laughs> kept attaching timelines to them, and they never came true. Oh, yeah. So her philosophy then shifted toward the more mainstream theosophical, and Ashtar was described from this point forward as a more spiritual being rather than a physical extraterrestrial. And the physical evacuation from the Earth was replaced with an imperative to spiritually ascend in order for humanity to survive. So she said, like, okay, the logistics of evacuating all of these great people from Earth would be just, like, such a nightmare. No one wants to plan all that. So, like, instead, we're just going to evolve our souls, and then our souls can frolic in the heavens, I assume. Who knows? Much easier. That sounds good. (laughs) And so the movement fractured somewhat after Tuella's death, but in the 1990s, people started to come together on the internet. And in 94, some folks organized the first liftoff event. So this consisted of a small group of followers who raised their consciousness from the physical dimension up to the ships of light that were circling the planet. Okay. They did it. Yay. But then their consciousness came back down. So that they could announce to everyone that this was going to happen again later that year. Got it. So in December of 1994, more than 250 people participated in the second liftoff experience. And this one opened a portal to the Ashtar command ships forever. So anyone can now follow the protocol that they give, which involves mantras that are like very clearly theosophical um they can use these protocols to raise their vibration to be transported to the extraterrestrial vessels so give it a try let's do it i want to go to ash Uh the ashtar command ship i don't think i do (laughs) (laughs) so y'all know how much i love doing research so i googled around to try to find all the info i could and i have read that there's a more orthodox group that laid out some core teachings for the ashtar command i could not find anything about them online i read about them in one of the books that i read um i'll put all my sites in the show notes so y'all can check them out what i did find were a bunch of quasi-christian sites with aliens just kind of like thrown in there including some really creepy ones so i do not recommend searching (laughs) for ashtar command on the internet got it yeah i came up with some interesting things on my googling also oh what'd you find lorena oh just like some some very uh new agey websites with really interesting artwork that seemed to be just transcripts of things that ashtar has spoken through other people and then those people made websites and just wrote down all the things that ashtar said to them with some like Mm -hmm. crazy like rainbowy alieny higher being pictures yeah so i don't know what you saw but every single picture of ashtar that i found he was like a blonde blue-eyed nordic looking thor type 
very white. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise. Okay, so I don't recommend that. What I do recommend is the 2018 documentary Calling All Earthlings, which takes a look at Van Tassel's legacy and specifically the Integratron through interview through interviews with people who are living in the area now. Ooh. And so he talks to the current owners or stewards of the Integratron along with a bunch of other people really interesting i don't this is where some of that stuff about like oh the fbi was interested in him came up so like obviously i can't vouch for the validity of what any of the interviewees said but the story is really interesting cool and it's a little over an hour and you can find it for free on the internet so i'll put a link to that cool um okay so the integratron we mentioned you can visit it today yes please not today when we're recording this because it's shut down, as is everything. Everything, But in a regular, non-plague-infested year, mm-hmm. the Integratron welcomes between twenty and 30,000 visitors. Ooh, that's a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you may have noticed earlier that I said I found some information in an application to the National Register of Historic Places. As of 2019, that application was accepted. Ooh. So the Integratron is officially now a national historic interesting place cool. i don't know what wow. the official designation is but it's on the register wait where is it um it's in or outside of landers california it's in southern california we'll fit it into okay. our road trip it'll be great yeah that works perfectly i mean it's not far from giant rock so just look for the giant rock and you'll find it uh-huh. got it so the integratron has an online merch shop so if you don't want to wait until you visit you can order postcards stickers socks and snow globes as well as the incense that they burn during the sound baths Ooh. that draw visitors. Sound These, baths. Yeah, so this is not, they, their website makes very clear, not a water bath. You're not going right. to get wet. You're being it bathed in sounds. sounds. Yes. So they strike these, like, or play these crystal bowls in a manner that will align your chakras. Mm-hmm. Supposedly. That sounds fantastic. I would do that. <laughs> I actually, this sounds great to me. Um, they say the impact is deepened by the unique acoustical properties of the Integratron. Ooh. I found an Atlantic article that says that Moby and Jason Mraz have both recorded albums at the Integratron, but I couldn't Ooh. verify this. Whoa. So we I, we talked up top about what the Integratron is, but I'm going to quote to you from their shop's website because this is amazing. This historical structure is a resonant tabernacle and energy machine sited on a powerful geomagnetic vortex in the magical Mojave Desert. Its creator, George Van Tassel, claimed that the structure is based on the design of Moses's tabernacle, the writings of Nikola Tesla, and telepathic directions from extraterrestrials. Yeah. So once you're done at the Integratron, you can saunter on over to Giant Rock. Although the burrowed out home underneath was filled in, but not until the 1980s, which seems a little late. And in 2000, a large slab of the rock cleaved off. So it's now like most of Giant Rock and then a little piece of Giant Rock. And unfortunately, Hmm, um, it's attracted a good deal of graffiti. So on our UFO road trip, when we travel through, we should make sure that we bring a power washer along so that we can just hose it down. Help clean it up. Restore the rock to its natural glory. Because people are garbage humans and like to deface nature. Don't do it, kids. Yeah, they clearly didn't listen to the messages from the Venusians who told us to just like freaking chill out and love each other. Yeah. Yeah. 
And this is why our planet is doomed. Why we are not being accepted into any international federations of intergalactic alien bodies. I mean, really, who would want us? I wouldn't. Get it together, everyone. Humanity, work on that. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for our discussion of Ashtar Command. And please join us on our field trip where we will get uh, sound healing baths at the Integratron. In our next minisode, we'll be wrapping up our series of discussions on UFO religions, and we'll be talking about Urantia, a religion based on the ideas of a guy who talked in his sleep. But first, be sure to join us next Tuesday for our Roswell Season 1 finale, Episode 22, Destiny. Subscribe to Pass the Hot Sauce on your podcatcher of choice and leave us a rating and review to help other folks find us. As always, you can email us your thoughts, questions, concerns, ideas at Roswell hot sauce at gmail.com you can also find us on twitter and instagram at roswell hot sauce our website is www.roswellhotsauce.com where you can find show notes and more information about ashtar command as well as all sorts of other things that we've talked about this season in our show notes until next time we'll be busy raising our vibrations to ascend to the ships of light no we won't we won't do any of that you shouldn't either (laughs) Ha ha ha!